Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Watching the Boxes Fantasy Basketball Podcast, sponsored by HashtagBasketball.com. I'm your host, Mike Katrin, and joining me, as always, is my co-host, Tyler Watts. What's going on, Tyler? Oh, man, I am pumped to talk about the Pacers. Oh, my God. Right right away, right into uh, wanting to talk about one of the worst teams in the NBA, the only team that makes me feel kind of good about the Chicago Bulls, kind of. Dude, they've got some players on the end of this bench who I'm not sure they're real people. Well, I mean, you brought it up. We are doing our team previews. As you probably know, if you are listening to this episode, but go back and listen to the other ones if you have not. And uh, tonight, we're, we're going to be doing, as you already heard, a spoiler alert already, the Indiana Pacers. But we also may be doing a much more interesting team later. Um, but let's get right into this dumpster fire of a team in Indiana. If, um, Like I said in a previous episode about the Chris Paul trade, if you were living in an even deeper cave, you might not have heard that um, Paul George was traded to the Oklahoma City Thunder for Victor Oladipo and sort of interesting um, in college, but not so much in the pros, son. So uh, not, 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 the, not the greatest trade in the world, would you say, Tyler? Oh, that's safe to say. Yeah, it might be uh, somehow made the Jimmy Butler trade look um, better, which means you're you're a trash franchise because the Bulls are also um, hovering around the dumpster. Oh, I, I forgot to ask you, what do you think about the move Chicago made today? Oh, uh, what 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 move would you would that be that you're talking about? You didn't see the move they made. Um, they they make so many like moves. It's hard to they, it's hard they to hired up. a new senior advisor. Now I'm not sure what that means. Oh yeah, um, the our old our old friend Doug Collins, right? Yes, sir. I mean, not our old friend Doug Collins, but the Chicago. Oh, he's Bulls, my mate. Don't don't lie. He's friend. my mate. No, I don't. You know, if you know Doug Collins, we should get him on the show. We brought Mark on the show when we could have brought Doug Collins on the show. He doesn't play fantasy basketball. He's, he's not on board. You know, he, he does in real life <laughs> with real people and real players, and that I respect. But, so what do you think? Let's hear it. Two-second hot take. Two-second hot take. I haven't really got around to it. Uh, any, any new blood is better than the crap old blood that's there. The problem is the crap old blood is still there. I'm hoping so, it's a Magic Johnson situation. That's my two-second hot take. I'm hoping it's a Magic Johnson situation. Well, it, it has to be, right? Because they need something to make this team look like they give a crap about players. Doug Collins, really good with the players, knows a lot of the players, and um, really a likable guy uh, from everything I've ever seen about him, heard about him. Um, one of my uh, – one of the oh, – I shouldn't even talk about this but because um, it, it just depresses me every time I bring it up, but uh, – the Derrick Rose injury in Philadelphia, you know, Doug Collins is one of the first people out there because um, uh, he, he knew when he heard it, when he saw it, that, uh, uh, that it was going to be uh, devastating for Derrick Rose. And uh, just, you know, Doug Collins is an all-around good guy. And um, like I said, anything, anything, even if the old guys aren't out, at least there's some new blood in there with some better – well, with 100% definitely better ideas than the current front office, so – great i guess all right back to the pacers that, that was just an aside I, I shouldn't have said that yeah don't get me don't get me started on the on the chicago bulls 
Um, yeah, let's get let's get right into this uh, dumpster fire team. What is the most interesting thing for the Indian Pacers for this coming season? Uh, Trey McKinney Jones. Ooh, I think I heard he, I heard he might be starting. Uh, no, I mean I guess the most interesting thing is Miles Turner, right? Where in the world do we pick Miles Turner? I I I'd actually say I, I would disagree that the most I'd actually say the most interesting is. Uh, Victor Oladipo and, and and what Victor Oladipo you are actually going to see next year. But uh, let's let's talk about Miles Turner first because he is the highest ranked fancy player on this team um, by by a lot. Um, what do you what do you what do you t- what's your take on Miles Turner? I love Miles Turner. Whoa, you love Miles Turner. I love Miles Turner. He is he he, he seems like a very handsome gentleman. That's sexy. He's like a too. nice guy. That's- that sexy two blocks a game, that 51%, that 80 from the free throw line, that's 16.7 points a game. Oh, man. So, I mean, you know that okay. I, I'm a, um, I'm a Roto Nightcap player. And so you know guys like Miles Turner are, are, are my bag. Dude, I'm, I'm in love with Miles Turner, man. I, where are you picking Miles Turner? So... I think this is the this is the the interesting question because I've seen a lot of people reaching for Miles Turner up in that uh, in that early second round area. Even. Now that's a mistake, there, my friend. And there are just too many good players to be making such a an aggressive reach for Miles Turner. But I I'm seeing a ton of Miles Turner hype out there. Well, that's that's disappointing. I, I I completely I, I completely agree. I, I just I think it's it's too aggressive. Um, even in a in a roto league where I I really I really do like him, um, I still have him kind of hovering around the the bottom half of the of that second round, and if not, maybe even into the top of the third round. That's where I'm at. I'm at the top of the third, even probably. I don't. I think it's tough. I, uh, one of the one of the debates uh, well, 12, you see out there 12, is is a. I guess he's kind of right around twenty four for me. In a twelve team, I'd say yeah, into the second round. Uh, I'm seeing the the main debate being, um, since people are uh, fairly uncreative, uh, Miles Turner or Kristaps Porzingis. They're both young. They're both centers. They both do interesting things. Uh, they're both kind of allegedly being having a team built around them, even though that's not what's actually happening in New York. Um, which which one of those guys would you rather would you rather draft in the in the middle of the second round? Let's say you're going to have to reach for it. They are are really similar. I mean, if you look, if you break down, they the stats, they're really really similar. Basically, what you're choosing is: do you want Turner's field goal percentage, or do you want? The threes from Chris Tepps for Zingas. They're almost yeah. identical in every other category. And a lot of the argument I think you're seeing out there is Miles Turner is the only good player on this team. They're building a team around Miles Turner. He's going to get the ball a ton. He's going to play uh, a few more minutes maybe. And they're going to focus the entire team around him. This is his time while there's still the mellow situation going on in New York. True, but I mean – how many points can Turner really score without damaging his field goal percentage? I mean, I I'm, not sh- I'm not th- sure. And is Turner a go-to scorer? I mean, remember when Indiana tried to make Roy Hibbard the, the main focal point of the, uh, 
of the offense and how well that went. Well, I mean, if Turner can shoot threes like he did last year, he was almost league average. I mean, 34.8%. That league average is like 35.2. So, I mean, he was right right hovering around league average from three, which, I mean, that gives him a lot more than Roy Hibbert, who could barely shoot a jump shot. Yeah, he's going he's to see the ball more. Uh, that's 100% for sure. And um, uh, I, I do like him playing with uh, Depot a little bit better than I like him playing with Paul George. Um. Oladipo does like to uh, – But if you're telling me I've got to pick him in the top 15, forget that. I'll have somebody else. Thanks. Yeah, and I think that's really – I think you're starting to see that. Uh, I mean, let me let me go do my uh, very serious, very um, scientific research on where uh, Miles Turner is being drafted by going to the pre-made stats on yahoo.com. Uh, they, have, they have him all the way down – at 28. I oh, think no. that's, that's far too low. Now I'm jumping on that bandwagon. Get I out like, of my face. I don't know about far too low. I have one like 24 in my rank. I think it's it's, it's, a, little, it's a little low. Um, a little low. Yeah, not I, far too low, though. I mean, it's not like you have them in the top 10 in New York. Okay, f- f- fair. The, uh, the, the, maybe it was a, a little uh, aggressive at Yahoo's nonsense, but... I think you're going to have to – if you're going to take him, you're going to take him in the in the second round. Even in a 10-team in a league, I think that is where he's probably going to go. And if you take him near the end of a uh, of the second round in a 10-team league, uh, I'm not going to be mad at you. I don't think that's crazy. I'd, I'd, much, I'd feel much better if he was my third pick, but if I have to, I have to. Yeah, and I think that is where he's going to go. And, and usually when we talk about guys like that who are um, – you're like, oh, you're going to have to reach for him, and you're reaching for him at his ceiling, and so you're not getting a very good value. Well, you're not really – you're not reaching for him a round and a half ahead of time or even a round ahead of time. Uh, you're reaching up a, a, a handful of picks for a guy you like with a very good ceiling, and there's – I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I'm not a huge downside, I don't think. I mean, I don't think there's – I think there's his variance is small. Would you rather have Miles Turner or Paul George? I'd rather have Paul George. So would I. Sorry, Miles Turner. Um, let's go to who I think is the most interesting guy on this team because I think Miles Turner is going to be good. Um, he's a great nine cat guy. He's he's a good eight cat guy, and uh, he's he's kind of becoming a sexy name out there, and uh, that does not bring value. And speaking of guys who are becoming a sexy name, I don't think there's anyone who's. Um, not paying attention to what the fantasy basketball analyst community is talking about, um, other than the player that they're, I think a lot of people are super hyped on is Victor Oladipo. That's just disappointing to me. It's disappointing because you're not going to reap the value. Yes. Of Oladipo because oh, after the the the, the, uh, the layman as as you would call them. Um, and not definitely not me. I'm usually very nice to our, our fans, um, and definitely don't tell them they're dumb for having triple doubles in their league. Um, Victor Ladipo is going to be everyone's sleeper pick. Oh, man. So where's Victor Ladipo going? Let's let's throw that out there quickly. Um, <sighs> look it up. Go ahead. Take your time. Um, what I like about Victor Ladipo is there's the potential for for some good steals some real good steals and some good blocks um he's had a season where he had 0.8 i'm guessing he's probably only at like half 
But for a, a guy who can play a, a guard spot, that's that's some good value. Um, it's good threes, good points, some rebounds, some assists. He's just one of those guys who does a little bit of everything. Percentages are good. Um, it was a down year, so I, I'm just hoping that everybody be sleeping on him. But Mike tells me that's not the case, which is just disappointing. Um, I I think you're going to find um, the it's the easy hype train to jump on. Anyone who paid attention to fantasy basketball more than last year, or basketball in general more than last year, kind of knew Victor Oladipo was uh, had some very interesting fantasy lines a couple years ago down the stretch uh, before he moved to Oklahoma. Uh, he, man, he was putting together some really absurd lines down in Orlando, and uh, I think he's actually averaging. Uh, he was in the ranked in the top fifteen over those last like the last month or something like that. Yeah, after it. A- horrendously disappointing we're not going to start you even though you're our best player situation listen we've thrown scott skiles under the bus numerous times including i'm fairly sure at least three times in these team previews and scott skiles is not a coach in the nba so that's how much we hate scott skiles uh and so let's throw him under the bus once again uh that probably that season of scott skiles probably really really hurt Oladipo's not just his, his value, but his development. And then going to Oklahoma City, having to play behind the triple-double um, monster that Russ was, I, I think you're see, you're going to see a bounce back from Oladipo. And it's really the easiest storyline to uh, to figure out if you don't pay a ton of attention to uh, fantasy basketball. Oh, I'm with you there. So... Are you're buying into the hype that Victor Oladipo could uh, approach his, his previous ceiling? Speaking of that, I'm or on Yahoo's fantasy basketball. Oh on yeah, Yahoo's fantasy basketball homepage, and on their breakouts thing, that's like right on the front page is Victor Oladipo's I big picture. This big noggin just staring at just, you, just staring at you right in the face. So uh, you're not drafting me in the seventh round, Tyler. You're not gonna do it. All right. So the, the top the top added player in Yahoo uh, today was uh, Lowry Marketing. Good for him. Wait, Just what? Yeah, don't. I don't know why people are adding players. I don't know how they are. The season hasn't started. Um, currently, average draft position on Yahoo Fancy Mock Drafts is actually. I think they, these are the real drafts, but um. 62nd for Oladipo. Now that's, that's a deal. Love it. Love it. Definitely a top 50 player for me. Love it. Love it. As you see, as you see, uh, and, and, and like we always say, all it takes is one good preseason game and your, um, your value is going to be gone. Yeah. He's like, okay. He's like 40, about 45 in my rankings. Um, that's pretty good. I think that's, that's a pretty, it's a pretty solid ranking for, uh, Oladipo. And cat, And so if I could get him at, at anyone interactive pick Christy, I'm, I'm jumping on board, obviously. Um, I think that's a good value. So at 62, I'm loving that. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to take a look at some of the the guys out there. I feel like you see a, um, a significant drop-off once you get down past uh, the top, you know, top 50 players. Uh, you start to see it kind of evening out. You see uh, Alfred Payton's old, his, uh, his old teammate Alfred Payton. Um, 
You see guys like Nick Batum and uh, even old Lamarcus Aldridge down there. Uh, though I, I, you know, I kind of like Lamarcus Aldridge as a maybe a little bounce back, not not that much of a bounce back. But when you look at Oladipo, if he's getting drafted around these schmucks way down here, um, you know, in the in the sixty range, I don't know how you don't see him as as one of the best players uh, available. Yeah, and so that's why you know if he, if he's going at sixty two, you're probably wanting him at at fifty. You want to snag him before anyone else gets to him. Um, just so that way he's not making it to the top of the queue. Would you, um, would you take him in the fourth round? Would I take him in the fourth round? No. Would you take him over Drew Holiday? Yeah. Well, you know, Drew Holiday kind of, kind of is being talked about as a fourth round player. Oh, and I said this in all in the last episode that Drew Holiday is probably looking at people are looking at him as a top forty player. In my rankings, he is not a top 40 player. Um, I, I don't like the injuries. I don't like the Rajon Rondo effect. I just There's a lot not for me to like about Drew Holiday, and I got guys like Victor Oladipo over, over him. Yeah, I really don't like the uh, Drew Holiday effect, or not the Drew Holiday effect, the Rajon Rondo effect on Drew Holiday. And I really didn't like the worst effect of Russell Westbrook. Do we need to um, reevaluate our thoughts on Paul George. And um, I know we haven't done Oklahoma City yet, but let's just let's just put let's pin this out there. Um, if Oladipo, I mean we're not gonna know until the season starts, right? But if Oladipo took that big of a hit playing behind Russell Westbrook, maybe we should consider uh, Paul George's value a little bit differently. Here's where I see the difference. Okay, and, and I think this showed in Orlando. Victor Oladipo is not a, an alpha dog. He's not a leader of a team. He's not a give me the ball and watch what I can do with it type of guy. Um, I think Kevin Durant is. Uh, I think Paul George. Paul George is. Yeah, Kevin Durant. And so I think that it's it's going to be more like the Kevin Durant situation than it's going to be like the Victor Oladipo one. And you are talking about uh, a much higher caliber player. Yes. Who who really does demand the ball while Russ just didn't trust Victor Oladipo to make the right decisions, to shoot the ball, to really do much of anything. I'm with you there, and, and I think that Victor Oladipo sometimes gets miscast as a point guard. I don't I think he's a secondary ball handler more than he's a primary ball handler, and not that he can't handle the ball, but if you want him to be more of a Kevin Durant or a Paul George who can take the ball and do some spectacular things. That's just not Victor Oladipo's game. Speaking of the point guard, in Indianapolis, you, uh, you kind of uh, word on the street is what you're saying is that there might be a point guard battle here. Um, yeah, that's what I'm hearing. I'm hearing that, that, that there's two camps, kind of. There's the camp Baron Collison and the camp Corey Joseph, and two of the worst summer camps I've ever been to. <laughs> um, and so. Where where are you at in this battle? Um, I think both are going to see some minutes. I mean, don't get me wrong, but, but you, any... you're you're hearing that Corey Jeffers might actually start. Yeah, and it, well, and I don't I don't know that the start was what I heard, but I heard get more minutes than Darren Collison. So I mean, starting is kind of a nominal thing anymore, right? It's really who closes the game and who gets the most minutes. Um, so Collison could still start. I'm hearing Corey Joseph gets more minutes than Collison, which surprised me because 
I always think Collison's kind of an underrated point guard. Uh, yeah, when um, when Rondo came to Sacramento, and uh, it kind of completely diminished Darren Collison's uh, his, his value there. But um, I, I I actually kind of see where uh, uh, these people are. Well, whoever was talking about this, uh, I kind of see where they're going with this. Uh, Corey Joseph is is played fairly well. I thought in in um, Sacramento or not Sacramento in in San Antonio, he, in Toronto he he closed games he was, sometimes. He was pretty good in Toronto, right? He's a little bit younger. He he did close games. He's a, he, he's a pretty decent defender. When it comes to fancy, though, I'm I, I'm way more excited about Darren Collison than Corey Joseph. And if Corey Joseph is going to be sneaking in. Taking those minutes from Darren Collison, I'm not sure if Darren Collison is going to make the uh, make the standard league cut, and that could eliminate both of them. Because if you're giving Corey Joseph 30 minutes a game, I don't think Corey Joseph's standard league relevant either. That no, I, kind of... I don't think so either. I don't. I don't even, I'm not sure he get to a, a whole steal a game in in 30 minutes. And like maybe 10 points and a, a couple of handful of assists, four or five assists. Three rebounds, maybe, maybe three and a half, like some ugly stats. Not, not, not shooting threes. So I mean, that could this could be the the point guard situation where you don't want any of them. Yeah, and I, I actually that, I think that hurts Darren Collison's value right there. I, uh, a lot, maybe some uh, people are kind of kind of on you know the little bit savvier people would say instead of talking about Oladipo, they'd be like, well, Darren Collison's due for a bounce back. He's going to be the starting point guard. He's going to play 33 minutes a game. This team's terrible. He's he's one of the few good players on this team. That guy can hit some threes. He can get some steals. And, you, and you're going to think you're going to sneak him in, in one of those late rounds, and you might just be getting him at the, at the right value. Or you might be getting snuck, and if he's playing 20 minutes a game, you might not be getting anything. Yeah, and so his ceiling significantly changes with that opportunity of playing time. And this is and this is still a rumor. Uh, we're, I think we'll have to reevaluate this once the preseason comes along and we, we see some of these rotations. And this is the, this is it. This is definitely a camp battle to watch is, is Joseph Vance Collison. Oh, definitely. Uh, if, let's, let's go the other route and just go Darren Collison. He's going to get 31 minutes a game. Where are you taking him? Are you are you taking him? At thirty one minutes a game, I'm taking him. I think he's standardly relevant. Um, I'm not excited to have him, for sure. Um, I am probably taking him around pick a hundred, probably yeah, a little bit later. If, if I'm getting him in the eleventh round, I'm, I, I'll probably be pretty happy about that. Um, if he gets if named, he's got the, a decent upside. If he gets named the starter, though, I could see him getting picked at like pick eighty ninety and. I don't know. I think Corey Joseph pushes him hard enough for a minute that I think that's a little bit too rich for my blood. Yeah. If um, if you see a, even if you see a significant change where you see, all right, um, he's go, he's definitely going to start. We 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 don't know what that rotation is actually going to be. Like you're saying, you know, starting isn't doesn't mean what it used to. Right. And, yeah. and cl- I want to hear who's going to close. If you didn't tell me. Victor Oladipo is going to earn. Yeah, Victor Oladipo. I'm sorry. Darren Collins is going to close the game. I'm going to be a little more excited than if I'm here and he's going to start the game. You know, always be closing. That's that's your motto. Well, that's someone's motto, anyways. I don't know that it's mine. <laughs> uh, who else on this team is interesting you uh, fantasy wise? 
Well, Thad Young's got to be in there, right? Definitely. I think Thad, Thad Young's, I think, often overlooked. He's not a, He's one of those guys who has a very unsexy name and an unsexy game. But uh, for kind of sort of us fantasy nerds, uh, we're, we're, we're fans of Thad Young, especially his steals. Yeah, and good percentages. Um, you always love a uh, good field goal percentage. I'm sorry, bad yeah. free throw percentage. Um, but he really doesn't take a ton of free throws, so it's not, it's not the worst thing in the world to have a guy like that. Yeah, no, and I mean, you're, you're hoping that he can get closer to that 15 points a game that he's averaged there for a few years uh, and not the 11 he had last year. But on this, uh, this team looks like there's plenty of opportunities that I think he could push back closer to that 15 points. And that makes him pretty interesting. Yeah, I like I like the opportunity there with literally nobody um, on this team other than uh, Miles Turner, who's you know, pretty much too young to uh, to uh, demand the ball, become a superstar, and and uh, take possessions away. Uh, Thad Thad Young probably see the a few more shots and uh, play a few more minutes even, and you know he's he's definitely a kind of end of the uh, draft. Um, I think we kind of mentioned someone similar to this when we talked about Denver, uh, Wilson Chandler. D- I, I think Thad Young's a uh, kind of a, a better Wilson Chandler, especially for your Roto Nightcat leagues with that uh, with that field goal percentage and that the incredibly low turnover. Oh, I'm definitely on board with that. He's a, he's a rich man's Wilson Chandler. Um, I would even say that he's probably if he can get the 15 points or even 13, I would say he's pretty close to being a starter. You're in a 10 team league. He's pretty close to a top 100 player. Yeah, I man, I, I kind of hope his points do uh, end up coming back up. If you're seeing him dropping in, in the in the in, in that ninth, tenth round, past those, um, do you would you like him better than Darren Collison? I think I would. Oh, for sure. And and a lot of that comes from the the, the the steals. You know, he's he's just a very he's got a good steal rate. He's got a sexy category. I talk about this a lot, right? How I'd like a sexy category where I can say he's elite in that. He's he's pretty close to elite in steals. Yeah, there's there's two there's two types of these fringe guys. And it's the, the Wilson Chandlers who kind of do a little bit of everything, but not a lot of much. And but it's it's enough to 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 slowly increment you up in most of the categories or you got your sexy category guy who's not a good three-point shooter and not a good field goal shooter but he's going to get you solid rebounds but crappy assists but elite steals and you're like oh great those elite steals really um do make a difference so yeah so i could see me owning the deuce a little bit this year indiana players a lot of times are are, especially on the fringes are underdrafted no one's super excited to get Thaddeus young um he's older but we talked about this a little bit too. Is there's no one really to push him for minutes? No, I don't know who's going to play. Uh, Sabonis. So I mean, uh, Glenn Robinson the third will get some minutes. But I mean, you got to think that he's going to carve out a nice thirty, thirty-two minute role. And with that, I think is a top one hundred player. Yeah, um, I'm with you on that one. Um, I I don't know. Is there is there anyone else on the fringes of the uh, the overlooked fringes of Indiana? By the way, have you ever have you ever been to the fringes of Indiana? I have not, my friend. I have never been to the fringes of Indiana. Do I have been to Indianapolis. It's a nice, it's a nice little place. Yeah, it's I, a very nice little town. Um, 
Well, the only other guy for my deep league special, right? I like to do that. Um, there's kind of two guys I'd be looking at in the deeper league. They are Bojan Bogdanovich and Glenn Robinson. The Bo- kind the, of a the Bo- battle. I like I like Bojan. Yes. I like that guy. I'm gonna just brutalize their his name. So, um, I like him. I like him. He's gonna be. He's a, a bulk scorer. Point and threes guy, but that can be useful this, in a deep league. This team needs someone to shoot the ball. Right. Now, the bad part is there's like zero steals and there's absolutely zero blocks, which that stinks. And there's but, about uh, suspiciously close to zero assists. Yes, but in the deep league, at the places you're going to have to draft this guy, which is probably like somewhere between pick 180 and pick 200, I mean, get down there once, people. You know if you play in a deep league, there's a lot of crap around there. So if you can get 11 points and a three and a half, you'll take it. Yeah, this is, a, I think, a very good deep league pick, uh, so, simply for what you're talking about. And I've always seen uh, Bogdanovich as a, a streamer in head-to-head leagues because, you know, every once in a while you'll get a 20-point game from him. And when, when you played kind of significant minutes um, on Washington or in, in Brooklyn, he, he, he did have these, uh, these moments where he, he could really fill up uh, at least the scoring line and that does matter, especially someone from someone you're streaming. In Indiana, I, I almost see him as someone who, if he's going to be playing the significant minutes, like you know, he's a, he's a full time streamer, and at the very, you know, maybe at the very worst in a in a twelve team league, at uh, maybe the one of the last picks in your draft. Even uh, I think there's probably better players who have better upsides to take advantage of. So I don't I don't see a lot of people reaching for him but at the end of the day you know his total value might might be much closer to standard league um than we think yeah i mean i, I can see that happening uh, the other guy i'll talk about for just a hot second is glenn robinson um when larry bird was there larry bird like kind of took him under his wing and and i read an article once that said that he's really only done that with paul george and glenn robinson when he was with the pacers um, obviously, this guy's not Paul George, but that was kind of like a big praise for Glenn Robinson. And then that minute, that year, you saw him get an uptick in minutes. And now that Larry Bird's gone, I'm not too sure what to think about Glenn Robinson. But I mean, I think that Larry Bird saw something, and Larry Bird definitely knows more about basketball than I do. So that I think is, could, that is safe to say. I think he could carve out like a 25 minute role, and he does a little bit of everything. The steals. I mean, he he pushes close to one a game in a, a twenty-five minute roll. He gives you half a block. There's no sexy categories, but if you're desperate in a deep league after pick two hundred, he might be about the best that's available. Yeah, his per thirty-six are at least somewhat intriguing, uh, even though incredibly inconsistent. So it's hard. It's really hard to tell. There. Um, where are you drafting? Wait, where are you? Where are you drafting Lance Stevenson? You're drafting Lance Stevenson? Of course not. Let's, let's never talk about Lance Stevenson again. Um, I, I bet you there's a, some standard league drafts where Lance Stevenson goes off the board. Dude, that's because he makes him dance, man. Uh, he, Lance does make him dance. Uh, let's go to our next team, a more interesting team, um, a team with almost almost the exact opposite of of the overlooked Indiana Pacers. Almost the exact opposite of the metropolitan Indianapolis area. 
I'm talking about your Los Angeles Lakers. Oh, what a what a what a hype what a overhyped team, no matter how good or bad they are. Um and this always always trickles over to fantasy. What is um what is what what do you think is the most interesting thing going on in Lakerland? There is one? Uh well there is one. Alright, let's hear it. The most interesting thing going on in Lakerland is it for fantasy in real life in uh the media in the hearts and minds of young Laker fans. It's Lonzo Ball. The hype train is in. Everyone's on Lonzo Ball. I mean, didn't you did you not see his quadruple doubles in, in Summer League or whatever happened? I saw. If I mean if if you're in a league, in a terrible league that has quadruple doubles as one of your categories, which I've seen. Um, someone asked me a question about that. Lonzo Ball is is he a first round pick in that league? Um, I think you know what I think about Lonzo Ball. I I think I do, and and please in, enlighten us. Um, I championed for the Lakers not to pick Lonzo Ball. Um, you can still read that article on hashtag Basketball in the Lakers section. Um, I don't believe in Lonzo Ball's shot. I do believe that Lonzo Ball is a good passer. I don't believe that he's going to be this stud rookie that everyone seems to think he's going to be. I think he's going to really struggle with his shooting percentages, both percentages. Um, I made the case in the preseason a little bit when we talked about him, or in the yeah during summer league, that what good shooter, all right, he shot like 50-whatever percent at UCLA. I forgot the number already. What good shooter in the NBA shoots like 60 to 65% from the free throw line? There isn't one. He can't shoot. Don't let this kid fool you. Um, he's going to be good for assists, which is going to make him valuable and probably standard league valuable. I think the first few months are going to be really rough. I think anybody who drafts him, especially where he's going to be picked, is going to be hating their team and dig themselves a pretty decent hole in those first two months. After that, I think he could get the hang of it, be a little bit better. Um, just remember, Brandon Ingram was the second pick. How did that look last year? It, it looked good enough for them to get the second pick. And here's the thing. I mean, when Mark was on, we talked about Brandon Ingram, and Mark basically said that he doesn't see any way Brandon Ingram standard league relevant. Now, Alonzo Ball has a category that's going to make him standard league relevant. It's going to be assists. He's going to get probably enough assists to make him standard league relevant. But, and if there is one thing we've said um, a thousand times other than how much we hate Scott Skiles is – a starting point guard in the NBA is fancy relevant. And, and here's another common thing that I'll, I'll try to dispel here. I keep hearing people say that he's going to get all these minutes. though They don't got another point guard, blah, 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 blah. Um, there was one guy who played over 30 minutes last year for Luke Walton. It was Brandon Ingram. And that was only late in the season. He doesn't play anyone much over 30 minutes a night. So Alonzo Ball is only going to get like 28, 29, 30 minutes a night. You wait and see. I think you hit a lot of uh, really, um, really great key points uh, on, on Lonzo Ball, uh, but I think you're you're way way down on him for much further than I am. Uh, I've definitely not bought into the Lonzo Ball hype train. 
statistics all over everywhere show that rookies often struggle, especially point guards. And Mike only draft. Where's he going? That's what I want to hear. Where, where am I going to draft him? I, let, let me get there. Let me get there. So the one thing that Lonzo Ball definitely has is court vision and, and a knack for just the, the basketball IQ of the game, just a knack for knowing where people are, how to get the ball to them. And we really could, could be see, Rajon Rondo. We, we really, yeah, and, 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 and that's kind of where I'm going. Um, he could be a Rajon Rondo type player, but Rajon Rondo for a handful of years was pretty good. But, but not what about Rajon Rondo's rookie year. Rookie year, exactly. Ah, um, now we're speaking the same language. My not friend. his rookie year. Um, the 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 free throw percentage, as someone who champions um, roto leagues, really really throws me off. It's um it's definitely a big red flag. If you're building a punt strategy around free throw percentages. I do think Lonzo now starts to to come into play, um, probably in the in that in that seventieth range. But I, I got him further down. I got him. In, I got him in the eighties and nineties. And there is no chance in the world you're going to get Lonzo Ball um, past the sixth round. I just and, I, it's just it's not going to happen in any draft. Here's the other thing I'll say with the Rajon Rondo comparison: he's never going to get as many steals as Rondo did. It's not going to happen. He's going to be more like a 1 to 1.2 steals guy a game. Um, Yahoo, he's being drafted 54th. Um, I only think that's going to go up. The hype train, you, you talked about it. It's real. It's coming. It's it's boarding. It's very real. But um, another great point I thought I thought you made was the Luke Walton point is that Luke Walton's a really smart coach. Um, he, he was on that uh, Warriors team. And saw how important it was to to spread minutes out to to get minutes for your secondary team, uh, for, and to not really run these guys, especially these young guys, into the ground like a certain coach who ran an entire um, first place Chicago team into the ground. It's 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 not the the thirty six minutes is not going to happen. You know thirty thirty minutes is going to be generous. The the flip side of that is that they're going to run the entire offense through Lonzo Ball. He will have the ball in his hands all the time, and he will have the ability uh, to make a, a plays almost every single game at will. Is this and, team is this team good enough for him to be making tons of plays a game? Is he good enough for to make those guys make tons of plays a game? That I mean, that's the thing we don't know, and I, I I'm not willing to risk a fourth or fifth round pick on on, on something like that. Um, yeah. So I'll tell you flat out. Um, the first place I'm looking for him is probably like pick eighty. I don't think I'm even really interested above that spot. But I think if you miss out on assists or you're 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 punting free throws but and points in a shallow, then all right. Here's what I think might happen. A little higher. Okay. He's not going to be good for for the first stretch. I, I can't imagine. I just can't. So you could have a nice buy low opportunity at some point where you maybe trade a guy you is valued at 80 or 90 and get Lonzo Ball, and then you get the good value of 60, 70, 80, which is I, – I don't think he really even has the ceiling to go much above – 
top 50 this year. I just don't see it happening. Not for a rookie point guard, not playing 29 minutes a game. Um, yeah, I don't I mean, e- I don't either because, and I think you're, you're going to start to see that in, in the preseason. But like we said, it all it takes is one good preseason game, but. And he's flashing. Kind of, yeah. This he's, is the kind of game I hope this is the kind of guy I hope has a really, really good preseason game. So, you know, one really good preseason game from Oladipo, and you're going to be screwed. In fact, you're probably already screwed both Oladipo, so I, I hate to break it to you, Tyler. But one good playoff game or preseason game from Lonzo Ball, and he's going to be over, overdrafted in every single league, and you will you will not make that mistake because you are an avid listener of the watching the boxes fancy best. I don't even think it's going to take a good preseason game for him because what he's going to do because he's a good passer. He's and he's a flashy passer. He's going to make some crazy plays that are going to end up on sports center and NBA TV and wherever you watch the highlights, Fox sports one. I don't, it doesn't matter. Those highlights are going to make it on there. Oh, look at this sweet pass. Lonzo ball made. Look at this sweet play. Lonzo ball made. And people are going to be like, dude, Lonzo ball is going to be awesome this year. That's all it's going to take. It's not even going to take a good game. It's going to take a couple highlights. Let's uh let's let's go in a, a little bit different direction with Lonzo, um, because you know he is the most interesting thing going on this team, and uh, the more I look at their roster, the less I want to talk about the rest of them. Keeper league, and you're drafting for the very first time. Are you now considering him in the top fifty? Well, I mean, if I'm keeping three, no. If I'm keeping ten, maybe. Um. If I'm keeping everybody, maybe uh, in the top fifty. That's a good question. Probably not. Still, I think I, I think I'm going to start entertaining it once I'm keeping more than five or six people. You know, that's interesting to me. I think the top fifty. If I'm looking at the names I have in my top fifty, depends uh, on think, what my penalty is, right? Yeah, and that's if, it. If, if there's no penalty, I'm considering it. If there's a penalty. And you have to get rid of a that round's pick or the round above that's pick. I don't. I definitely don't want him in the in the fifth round. Oh, definitely not. And I mean, I, I talk about this a lot when I talk about dynasty and keeper leagues. I'm trying to win the league this year. Um, I want to get that championship, and and I'll worry about next year, next year. So if guys like Ricky Rubio are slipping to pick fifty, and I can have Ronzo Ball or Ricky Rubio. I know what Ricky Rubio is. I know he's elite in two categories. I'm taking that over Lonzo Ball, who maybe is elite in assist, but I don't know that he is. I don't. Maybe he's not what I think he is. Maybe his jump shot holds him back more than I think it does. I don't know. Yeah, and there is just something about him that makes me pause because it's. I, I keep asking myself, what are other people seeing that I'm not seeing? Because I'm seeing a, a guy with incredible court vision, and that's it. And I'm I'm hearing, you know, his ceiling being an all-star. And last time I checked, I don't think Ricky Rubio was an all-star, do you? Was he? Was Ricky Rubio ever an all-star? No, and and yeah, well, I mean... he, he could have been in the East, maybe, but in the West, no. That's what I mean. And is Lonzo Ball ceiling Ricky Rubio? Like you're saying, he's never he's never going to approach those assists or those steals. I mean, yeah, I mean, I I think that that's kind of a ceiling. I, I'm not I'm not big on Lonzo. I'm just not. Um, 
maybe he'll prove me wrong, and I, I, I'm all right if he does. But I think put a put a caution flag on that one for me. Yeah, I'm not reaching for him. I'm not taking him in the top fifty. I don't think there's any reason to take him in the first six rounds, and I just don't see him falling out of the first six rounds, really in any in any draft because all it takes is one. Everybody drinks the Kool Aid, man. Someone's someone's always drinking the Kool Aid. That should be the that should be the quote. Is that someone's always drinking the Kool Aid? Always. What about the rest of this team? There's only one real other player that I, I I'd like to talk about, but there's probably a few more that we should talk about. Uh, who, uh, who, do you, who do you want to talk about? We got a few more standard league guys in this team. Uh, the best that the, I shouldn't say the best, the highest. Lou Aldang. The highest value on this team is definitely Brooke Lopez. Oh, for sure. I kind of like Brooke Lopez um, here in uh, in LA with a, a little bit more of a purpose to play, though. After they uh, lose a handful of games, I'm not sure, uh, you know, if that purpose will be much greater than it was in Brooklyn. But you know, a new environment, a new team, a new philosophy. Brooklyn Lopez was in Brooklyn for a billion years, and I think it's going to be good for Brooklyn Lopez to get out of of Brooklyn, play in, enjoy uh, his his actual surroundings in in LA. Though you know, New York's a great city too. And not in the, in the winter; it's a bit cold. So LA, he'll probably enjoy. And I don't, I don't, I don't see him taking much of a giant hit from what he did last year. I kind of like him right around the same space. I'm with you. A safe twenty points. Um, crap rebounds for a center. Sure. Uh, some good blocks though. Some pretty good percentages. Now shoots threes. Gotta like that. Yeah. Let's let's all recall the sudden. Two threes a game out of out of out of Brooke Lopez, which is literally insane. And Go ahead. I mean, it, it it hurt his field goal percentage, sure, but overall, I think it made him a better fantasy basketball player. I'm with you there. Um, should I say my standard Brooke Lopez disclaimer? It hit me with it. Um, 72, 73, 75 games the last three years. You're a lot really, of it was. Are you saying you're not you're not worried about injury prone Brooke Lopez? A lot of it was just because of Brooklyn being crap, too. I, I mean, he was healthy for the most part. Um, everyone worries about his foot. He had a couple foot surgeries. I'll give you that. With the injury he had, that last procedure he had, they basically said, here's what's going to happen, Brooke. Your foot breaks again. You don't play basketball anymore. Or this surgery heals your foot. There's one or two paths. This surgery healed his foot. I'm not worried about him getting hurt. I, I'm not worried about him getting hurt any more than any other player, really, at all. And, and and he's been overlooked simply because of that fact. I don't know if that's ever worn off. I No, I still hear people saying, ooh, Brooke Lopez is injury prone. Ooh. Well, you don't pay attention then. I don't know what you want me to say. Yeah, and I, I know I 100% uh, stayed away from him after those surgeries. Even, even last year um, was probably the first year I was entertaining – Drafting Brook Lopez because uh, I, I started to come around. Well, you know, a couple of years being healthy, uh, that seems fine. Yeah, and no, I mean, I got it after the first year, right? It was like, okay, well, maybe, maybe, maybe this does his foot breaks and he's done. Yeah. But then after he had two full seasons where he was pretty healthy, it was like, okay, full all systems go for me, man. Brook Lopez is back. Yeah, last year he averaged about a little under thirty minutes. I think you know this year he'll average a little over thirty minutes. 
So not much of a huge difference, I would say. But um, I, I don't I don't really see his game changing in this new situation um, at all. Not a bit. Right now on, on Yahoo, he is being drafted 40th. That seems fair. Fair value. One of, the, one of those rare fair values on uh, on Yahoo. Would you would you consider taking him a, a little higher? A little he, higher than fortieth. Um, I think it's in a in a head to head league, even in a roto league, uh, depending on where you got your if you've gotten your points or if you if you uh, happen to go after someone who scores less than twenty points a game in, in those first couple rounds. Why? Why not? Maybe reach for him at the end of the third round. Yeah, I mean, I I could see it. Um, it all depends on who's on the board, obviously, like always. But I, I'm right in there at somewhere around forty, maybe as high as like thirty five, thirty two, maybe even depending on my team and what I'm trying to build. And um, yeah, maybe as low as like forty five. I mean, that just depends on where I'm at. But yeah, he's definitely he's definitely in that tier. Um, and I, I know we've talked about it before in, in the past that uh, at least I like to tier um, my teams, and I think you do to some, to some point when it comes to positions. Yeah, and, and I think that's a, just an easy way to do things, an easy way to play. Yeah, definitely. Um, let's go talk about the rest of this roster, even though I don't want to. Uh, who's next? Uh, next best value is probably Julius Randle, the only man I know who fights his teammates for rebounds. Um, he's probably a top 100 player, but not a ton inside that top 100. And he's got a lot of categories that aren't sexy for a big guy. But I mean, if he's what you want, he's he's gonna be elite in rebounds. I think pretty close to probably 10 a game. He is the old Zach Randolph in some ways. No, I like I like that comparison. That's a that's a, a pretty good that's a pretty good comparison. I I hear a lot of weird. Julius Randle hype, and I and I think it comes oh, from. I, I I I've been hearing a lot of the weird hype because, you know, at points last year, he ends up putting together some really great lines. He's had, um, if I, if I, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, because I don't play in leagues with triple doubles because it doesn't make any sense. But I'm fairly sure Julius Randle had a couple of triple doubles last season. Um, one of the weirdest players to get triple double. Your guess is he did have at least one. I remember the night. But, um, I'm looking here. Apparently, he had two. Wow, good for good, fair play to him. Good for him. Yeah, re- respect to Julius Randle. Um, got got close a couple times here and there as well. It's it's an incredibly weird stat, and he's only he's only twenty two. He's he'll be twenty three very soon. It's it's incredibly weird that occasionally Julius Randle approaches a triple double or gets a triple double or scores thirty two points. Is it weird? Um, I I find it very strange because I just don't find him to be a good player. Most of that's probably based on his consistency. Step back. Okay. You said said the reasons why already, if you think about it. Okay. 
He plays what position? Uh, does he play the four? Yep. Who played the four for Golden State? Ooh. When when Luke Walton was there? Someone someone named Draymond Green, I think. Okay. They run those same little similar sets where Julius Randle kind of gets to the top of the key and passes around. Okay. On defense, the man does nothing but camp in the paint and try to get the ball. That is pretty true. So he gets easy rebounds. He gets the 10 points. Not not too difficult. And if you're playing the Draymond Green, how hard is it to luck your way into 10 assists and once in a blue moon? That's a, I mean, those are those are very good points. Even even old Zach Randolph had a triple-double because I, I know this because I was in the building when his only triple-double of his career happened. And uh, it was it was magic. It really was. It was beautiful. It was a beautiful thing to see. The people of Memphis um, really, really gave him the respect he deserved. And uh, I think it was against the Clippers too. So you know, screw off Clippers. But I will say, Zach Randolph. I I will say that Randolph is not a guy I like to pick. He's another one. No minimal blocks, minimal steals, no threes. I mean, just just three categories he kills me in. And that's that's exactly what you're seeing with Julius Randolph. Just not in love with that. Just can't get on board. Is he a standard league player? You said, I think you said yes. I think he's like a top 100 player. Pretty close. I mean, that nine rebounds, we talked about this. Not many guys are getting 10 rebounds. Yeah. If he's nine, that's an elite category anymore. That's, and that's, that's wild, you know, nine rebounds being elite, but it's, it's starting to be. And so, yeah, he's, I think he's definitely got to be a standardly relevant and probably even picked as a starter. Um, like you said, he plays for the Lakers. He'll probably get some undue hype. Probably go at like pick eighty, and that's just yeah. Not I, I think that's almost. I was going to say like seventy, eighty, in that range, and um, that's a reach. He is going at pick seventy three, and everybody on Yahoo can have him. Wow! Um, right in front of Lou Williams. Woof. Um, who? Okay, we well, hopefully these draft rankings get uh, better here on Yahoo. Let's. I need to call somebody. Jeremy um, Lin, 55, and he's up there at 73. Man, that's terrible. So let's talk about someone else who has um, some very good upside, but we like to pull poke holes in this upside. Uh, Brandon Ingram. We did talk about Brandon on the Mark Roberts podcast. If you have not gone and listened to Mark Roberts' uh, projections podcast, you definitely should. It's only a handful of episodes ago, and it is a, um, a amazingly good insight on to how Mark makes his projections each year, why um, they are probably one of the more accurate projections I've ever seen. I, I've used them quite consistently and, and done well over the last few years, and you can check all that out on hashtag basketball.com. I will say this. I said this one other episode. It was the best episode we've ever done, and that was because I talked the least amount I've ever talked. Yep, that, that is how I, like I said, gauge the, the quality of the episode. And uh, so this was kind of you know, going downhill at this point. But Brandon Ingram, I'm going I'm you know, I'm I'm to try to break the, break the habit and, uh, and let you tear apart Brandon Ingram. What is there to like about Brandon Ingram? I mean, I keep hearing all this Brandon Ingram hype. Uh, he's, he's the he's the second pick in the draft. He's twenty years old. No. He looks like Giannis. 
I heard a crazy story that he somehow grew two inches this year. Did you hear this? Uh, no, I did not. Yes, just the other day, and I'm sure you guys can find it if you use the Google. Um, somebody had out there that he supposedly grew two inches, and he's now six foot eleven. That's um, incredible. Um, so he's I'm going at pick. Um, go ahead. I'm going I'm to move him up in my draft rankings for that. He is going to pick 113 in Yahoo. I'm already hearing some buzz that he's the breakout guy. Um, Mark has him rank 177th. Mark did a better job of explaining than even I could. He doesn't have an elite category. He kind of stinks in blocks and steals. He doesn't get you a three-pointer. He shoots terrible percentages, both percentages. He might get you 10 points. This would be a deep league special if he would go in in that range. But he doesn't. He's going as a standard league player, and he's not a standard league player. Yeah, and I think we, we, we kind of talked about this. You know, Luke Walton isn't going to suddenly give him 36 minutes a game. Um, he's going to get like 30. I, I guarantee it. Maybe 31. Yeah, and I, and I, I think his points will um, get better. He's learning how to score at the NBA level. Uh, you can kind of see it during the, the second half of the season. Coming into his game, he was a rookie. He was incredibly young, but you're 100 percent right. His, his shooting is his outside shooting is 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 I don't know non-existent. It's, it's not good. That's for it's sure. Bad. And the free throws are bad. And free throws are worse goal, somehow. The field goal percentage is bad. I mean, 44 percent on two pointers. You're seven foot tall. Yeah, and you're you're hearing a lot of he's he's the next Giannis hype. And uh, I think Mark mentioned it, you know, when you start looking at what Giannis was doing and uh, just it, 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 at the stage of his career, which was really not that long ago, uh, Giannis was shooting better. He was doing uh, a, a lot more on the floor. And sure, there's a handful of games where Brandon Ingram looks incredibly good, you know, you know, 15, five and six and a steal and in 27 minutes. That's fine, but that's not what he's averaging. Still the skinniest player on the court I've ever seen, too. Yeah, he is not bulked up. And, and you know, all it takes is one good preseason game for the hype train to uh, to leave the station. And this hype train left the station a year ago. Yeah, even as the last pick. Like, I'm not even excited to have him as my last person in the standard league. I mean, that's the only way I'm going to take him is and, if I'm bored and I want to take Brandon Ingram as the last pick in my draft. And he's going as like a, a borderline starter in a 12-team league. Like I just I don't see it, man. I don't, I don't see any way I don't, possible. I don't see it either. Uh, I, I understand there's upside here. I understand he's incredibly young. And there's, there's been the occasional flash, but a whole season of him averaging, what, 18-5-6, and six, it's just not going to happen. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. Let's uh, let, let, let's talk about someone else on this team, someone someone new to LA. And uh, old something blue. Yeah, Brandon Ingram, something blue. And uh, Covindius Caldwell Pope is something new, straight off the off the train from uh, Detroit, which is a t- don't ever like, don't take the train from Detroit to LA. It's far too long. Uh, Amtrak doesn't even own the rail lines like they do in Europe. So you have to get all, they have to pull over for freight trains. We don't have good public transportation in this country. Take a flight. Do not take a train. I thought you were, 
I thought you were joking about this, but it sounds like you're a man who has experience in this. No, I'm just aware of our terrible public transportation, and I live in the Midwest, which <laughs> it would be nice to not have to drive long distances and take a faster train, but driving and hitting traffic is still much, much faster than the Amtrak anywhere outside of the Eastern Corridor. So um, thanks thanks for nothing, Amtrak and American public transport. But back to the guy who took American public transport to L.A., Kavinius Caldwell Pope. Uh, KCP is – is there a hype around KCP right now? Um, in the sense that in Yahoo he's going 91st. That's a hype to me because I certainly don't have him in my top 100. I barely have him in my top 110. Is there any, is there anything you like about his change in situation um, and his improvement as a player in Detroit? Well, let me say this. I think he's one of those guys who's probably a better real-life player than fantasy. Um, I think he can be an all-right NBA player and do some things that don't show up in the box score. But, I mean, he's a bad Three-point percentage shooter for his career, 33%, well below league average, 40% from the field. I mean, he might get you 13 or 14 points but with a steal. But other than that, it's like, yeah, kind of nasty, kind of ugly. And yeah. he's, just, he's suspended Ugh. for the first two games, so we'll say that. So if you're picking him just to use him on opening night, that's that's not working out. Um, Yeah, I mean, he's a guy – who I almost like don't want a ton in a standard league. I, in the sense that like, he's probably ranked like 110th. And at that point I kind of want a little bit of upside and I just don't think he has any. Yeah. We, I mean, we talked about, uh, think about who he has been, right? We've talked about Wilson Chandler. We've talked about uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich. I've always seen KCP as a, as a, as a head to head streamer. Maybe, you know, maybe you, out of these three guys, probably the the best one. The one that I might keep at the end of my bench instead of dropping back to the waiver wire every once in a while when he's playing a little bit better. But but where where is he going? Where's where's he been improving at? Where is he going to go? His shot is still not good. Minutes are gonna go down too. The lowest he's played in the last three years is thirty one point five. I'd be surprised if he got that in LA. Yeah, I mean that's probably his ceiling, right? Thirty-one point five, and he's not a—he's not a bulk scorer. He's not a good shooter. He—he he doesn't do the counting stats. He's not a one-one guy. He's—he's—he's he's he's barely over a one steal a game. So he's not elite in anything, and he's not a guy who carries you in everything. So he's neither one of those nice, those 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 overlooked players, the guys who either have a an elite stat in one thing. So you know, I might be talking him out of I might be talking um, Wilson Chandler and, and Bochon over him right now, because at least if 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 given consistent minutes, you know Bogdanovich will be a pretty good scorer, and Wilson Chandler will do a little bit of everything, but nothing great. But KCP, he scores a little bit and okay, hits two threes a game. Do a little would you rather late late. Uh, standard league picks. Okay, I'm gonna I'm just gonna look at Mark's rankings. I'm gonna go for all these guys are gonna be ranked worse than KCP. Ready for this? Sure. Uh, Jalen Brown. Oof. 
that's a really tough um that's a really tough first pers- first one I, I feel like Jalen Brown I'm a little worried about his minutes I don't know if he's gonna play 30 minutes a game I'd probably go KCP Eric Gordon Ooh, Eric Gordon yeah I'd, I think I'd rather have Eric Gordon TJ Warren hmm these are guys that, you know, these are the guys who, these are my favorite guys to think about. These random dudes at the end of the draft that nobody knows. Um, See, that one wasn't even a hesitation for me. Mine, it was TJ Warren for me, no, full stop. Uh, I mean, I think TJ Warren's going to still have his same role in Phoenix. Phoenix is a little weird to me. But I, if I think about TJ Warren, like, he's very similar uh, to KCP, but. I like T.J. Warren more. He's a good yeah, shooter. Uh, one of my ultimate favorite late-round picks, Derek Favors. Derek Favors. Yeah, by far for me. Um, Norman Powell, guy for Toronto, maybe going to get some minutes. Mm. See, KC- I thought- KCP. Me too. Rodney Hood. Ooh. Rodney Hood. I say I'm going Hood just for the upside there. So, I mean, He's at that point, I think ACP, you're looking like somewhere in the 110 to 120 range if you got all those guys over him, I think. I actually think um, maybe maybe this becomes a maybe this becomes a segment uh, which one of the hyphenated players do you do you want? Michael K. Gilchrist, Rondé Hollis Jefferson, or Kavinius Caldwell Pope? Am I missing anyone? Uh, Willie Colley-Stein? Willie Colley-Stein. Ooh. A young Willie Colley-Stein. Like, is, is KCP the worst of the, of the, of the, the tri-named characters? Does uh, Al Farouk Aminu count? That's the real question. No, hyphenated, a, his first name is hyphenated. Hyphenated first name doesn't count. Cause then, it does not count. Because Carl Anthony Towns would count if that, if that counted. Sorry, Al Farouk Aminu. You're out, man. You gotta have two last names, brother. Yeah, yeah Willie Collins. Or really yeah, left or right here. I'm sorry. I'm it's sorry, Alfred. Probably the worst of that group. Actually, that bunch. That's wild. Cause like I could see him being better than Ronnie Hollis Jefferson. Well, Ronnie Hollis Jefferson's very much a. But he right. Uh, but Ronnie Hollis Jefferson could be a one and one type of player. Well, uh, uh, Pope is not going to be. I'm with you, I, but. You gotta have the right team for Rondé Hollis Jefferson. Like if you're if your big categories are points, assists, and threes, like Rondé Hollis Jefferson's not helping you a ton in, in anything. Um you need the right kind of team. You gotta have the right kind of build. Or you're trying to fill in the gaps with Rondé Hollis Jefferson. I can't wait to Sacramento is on the is, is in the future. We still haven't done them yet, but um I am excited to talk about Sacramento. And, um, you know, Tyler is a bit of an expert on Sacramento because he does write a lot about Sacramento. I am, and I got some, some nice hot takes for you there. So, yeah, yeah. So, Some would say you, you maybe think too much about the Sacramento Kings. Uh, that's, that's safe to say. That is, that is very safe to say. I think that's fair. Um, I, think that, I mean, do you want to talk any more about these Lakers? Because I don't. Um, Larry Nance? So you got if you're looking at the deep league specials, yeah, oh, you got two guys. I always forget about the deep league specials. 
Uh, you got two guys. You got Jordan Clarkson. You got Larry Nance. You seem to want to talk about Larry Nance. So I'll let you go on Larry Nance, and then I'll say my best. I, I, I do like Larry Nance. I think Jordan. Uh, I'll throw my bit into Jordan Clarkson already. Is that uh, a lot of people are going to be overdrafting Jordan Clarkson? I could just see it already. Um, I like Larry, Larry Nance simply because I like his his potential as a fantasy player. I don't think the minutes are there, but as a, as a nine cat. Uh, roto type of guy in a, in a bigger league, even in a 12 team league, he does enough in each category. You know, we keep, we keep talking about guys who do a little bit of everything or guys who are uh, sexy in one category. And he does a little bit of everything. He, he gets you a, you know, a little, a steal and a half, which is uh, last year. Anyway, he, he approached a steal and a half and I don't see him falling off too hard. Um, this year I see playing a very similar role in LA and um, he doesn't do anything super like I said super spectacular he doesn't really hurt you anywhere and uh, he helps you in uh, in, in rebounds and, and steals on a on a nightly basis so uh, definitely more of a streaming guy than a, than a guy you would want to keep but in a, in a bigger roto league I, I do like Larry Nance and, and, and those deeper leagues uh, Larry Nance um, definitely a night cat type of uh, a secret secretly good player and uh, Magic Johnson gave him the vote of confidence the other day. I saw that he said that Larry Nance is their secret weapon, which I, I mean, that can't be a bad thing, right? And if you're um, in a deeper league, he could be your secret weapon. Yeah, but if, if he got more minutes, I mean, I, I think he'd be a real sexy, kind of late pick. Um, he's going outside the top. He's 138th average draft pick on Yahoo. Um, so he's basically probably not too much in a standard league, maybe just on the fringes. Um, I don't know that I love that. I kind of love him in the deep leagues more, but I think he could definitely be useful. Uh, Jordan Clarkson and Avika Zubak are both going as standard league players in Yahoo, and I don't know how Zubak wow. is because they just signed Bogut. That's true. I can't imagine Bogut. Glopez. They did not sign Bogut because Zubak looked really good. Yeah, that, so if you're sure. picking Zubak, you are doing it wrong, my friends. I don't know that how he gets a minute now. Bogut might not stay healthy for very long, and but I mean, what's the minutes going to be? You got to figure Brook Lopez plays around thirty, so most Zubox getting is eighteen because they're not playing together. What about well, what so, about Jordan Clarkston? You know, a couple couple oh, years I, ago, he was kind of a little bit of a, a fantasy darling. I'm still going at pick one twenty, which I don't like one twenty one on Yahoo. I don't think that's the um, worst thing in the world, but it's 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 not. I'm not interested. Me neither. Um, I think he kind of plays a, a little bit of backup point. I think he plays a little two guard next to Lonzo Ball. Um, why I mean, why just, why would his rot- uh, why would his place in the rotation diminish from last year? Just because Alonzo Ball. Well, I mean, I think that the thing is Lonzo Ball is going to have the ball in his hands whenever they're out there together, and so people think that that's going to diminish his role. Um, and toward the end of the year, I don't know if you know this or not, um, maybe this is, is news to you, he was actually kind of had the ball in his hands more than D'Angelo Russell. Like, D'Angelo Russell was playing off the ball, and he was playing on the ball more. Um, which I, I've said this for a while now. I think D'Angelo Russell's best position is a two-guard in the NBA. Yeah, um, but- the problem is so is uh, Jordan Clarkson's. Yeah, no, it wasn't a great fit together, and I think that's why they moved D'Angelo Russell. But I mean, that's real life basketball talk. We don't need to get into. Um, I actually think D'Angelo, or yeah, no, I'm sorry, not D'Angelo Russell. Jordan Clarkson 
can do pretty much what he did last year. I mean, Which I was, you know, Stanley okay. Gallagher at the end. Which of, was barely Stanley relevant. So, I mean, if... if I, I guess, you know, if, if, you're doing, if you're looking at totals, you know, he was, he was in the top 100, right? But uh, on average... You know, he barely he barely made that that cut, and um, I could see maybe him scoring his, a little bit less. But I mean, if his, if his minutes drop from around thirty to around twenty five, then I'm not sure he makes state of the league. But I mean, okay, they got Caldwell Pope and they got Lonzo Ball, but who else do they have that they're going to play as a guard? Nobody. Tyler Ennis, the yeah, great Tyler Ennis. He ain't getting minutes. Okay, so you figure there's how many minutes to go around? There's 48 and 48, so 96. You figure that those two get 60 of them. I mean, there's still 36 minutes available. You got to think that Aaron Carson probably gets 28, 29. Yeah, and I think that's the kind of the point I'm trying to make is that I don't I don't know why his role would be significantly diminished. And I, I and I think a lot of people are thinking because Ball is there because KCP uh, came in is that. Uh, Jordan Clarkson is going to be completely kicked to the side when, in fact, he's probably going to be playing with both of them significantly. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm I'm in in the sense that 120 I don't think is a terrible spot. Um, I'd like it probably a little bit more in a deep league than a standard league, but if I, it's one of my last picks in a standard league, I don't hate it. No, and if you're in a, if you're in a bigger league, then, you know, right around that 11th, 12th round, sure, okay. Why not? It's um, I, I I'm not sure there's anything to like. I didn't see him take any significant steps last year, so I'm not sure why I would <clears throat> think his ceiling gets any higher. Aaron, I'm not interested in anybody else on this team. N- not one. Not, not even Luol Deng. No. One of the one of the greatest one of the greatest Chicago Bulls of all time. He Lillian. was one of my favorite players in the NBA for a hot stretch. I don't know why I just got like super into Luol Deng and, and watching. I know him why because he was fantastic. He was dominate like, people when he was on the Bulls, but I think Tibbs ran his legs into the ground, my friend. He certainly did, um, and you you can see it. Um, how how old do you think Luol Deng is? Because I know, I, I off the top of my head, um, he seems like he'd be like thirty five, but I'm guessing he's like thirty two. He's thirty two. You would never guess he was 32 because you know what a lot of 32-year-old players in the NBA are doing? Playing basketball. And and Luol Deng looks like he probably shouldn't be playing basketball. Yeah, he looked toasted last year, unfortunately. He looked really, really done for last year. And it's it's sad because the guy, man, what a what what an amazing two-way player he was. Uh, go go, you know, do, everybody do yourself a favor. Go watch some old Luol Deng highlights if you really. I'm I'm not joking about that. He was he he was just incredibly. He's not going to do anything flashy, right? But he was he was an incredible defender. Uh, LeBron hated Luol Deng. Yes, hated he did. Him. And Dwayne Wade hated Kirk Heinrich. And at one point, those guys could actually guard those two other guys. And then at one point, they could not. So, I loved Kirk Heinrich's Rex specs, man. Captain Kurt, he must have some dirt on a uh, Gar Foreman because you know he keeps he kept getting re-signed by the Bulls uh, every single year for no reason. Um, and then he'd like get traded, right? And then he'd like be back, and I'm like, wait, he'd be back, and then everybody would be 
I mean, people were fairly significantly happy about it. Um, I, I think that's it for tonight. I, I, I don't really want to, after that really rough stretch of having to talk about Indiana and the Lakers, um, I'm, I'm worn out from, from, from all these dumpsters. Five teams left, man. Five to go. Five teams left, everybody. So, you know, if you want to hear the other 25, well, I guess it would be, uh, you know, 22 if you've listened to this one, if you've gotten this far. Go back. Listen to them. Uh, give us feedback. You hit us up. 23, Mike. Your, your math's a little bad. There's only 20, two teams. What? There was 23 before today. There's only two teams on this episode, Indiana and Lakers, man. Oh. My, you know what? Math is not my strong suit. And uh, that's why Tyler is here, and that's why he has so many numbers in his Twitter handle. What is your What is your Twitter account again, Tyler? Uh, at Watsy four 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 four. That is four fours. One you want those four, custom ranks? Three. Yeah. Message me on Twitter. Any categories you got, I'll try to dig something up for you. It can It can be done. Uh, those custom ranks are amazing. They are excellent. And and Tyler is using uh, Mark's projections to, to to put those together, and both of those guys are, are are saints because, like I've I've said in the past, if you're using quad doubles, you're doing fantasy basketball wrong. That should not be a category. I don't even know when the last quad double was. I don't even want to look it up. But if you are using quad doubles, draft Lonzo Ball first in your league because. Um, because I don't want you to win, because I don't want that league to exist. So, I'm just killing people today. Um, you can find me if you're pissed off about that rant at Watch the Boxes, all one word, on Twitter. And uh, if you're interested in joining our listener league, the uh, there's not too many spots left. So uh, feel free to message either one of us or message at hash basketball, which is the hashtag basketball main Twitter account. And on Hashtag Basketball, you can find all sorts of um, ridiculously good fantasy basketball tools for free, including Mark Roberts's coveted projections that we did talk about in what Tyler said was the best episode of this podcast. And I, I think I agree with that. I'm with you there. They're great. Those rankings are amazing. Yeah, so only five more to go. Uh, we will continue with our previews next time. And I think that's it for tonight. So uh, thanks for joining me, Tyler. All right, have a good one, Mike. Good night, everybody.